0: Welcome to the Glory Bell Podcast. We invite you to join us at Glory Bell Church on Sundays at 10 a.m. in downtown Waco. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at glorybell.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Glory Bell Church. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the message. To to share with you on the subject, Hope is Alive. If you are a note taker, we say at Glory Bell, note takers are history makers. So you can go ahead and write that in your digital notepad. If you are a paper note taker, if you got your Bibles, you want to go ahead and earmark where we're going to open up, 1 Peter chapter 1. But before we read scripture, I do just want to pause and soak in this moment. If you don't mind, pardon me as I just look around. And enjoy the fact that we are having church in person on Easter Sunday. Man, it's so good. I had the awesome opportunity to uh, officiate wedding ceremonies. And I will often have the bride and groom look at one another. You know, because they're jittery. And I don't want to be on any wedding ceremony blooper video so I always have them pause, take a deep breath, bend their knees, and then look around and enjoy the moment. That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm enjoying the fact that everybody's in the room on Easter. This is our second service. Your kids are in our great kids' ministry. They're doing fine. They're going to get a gift on the way out. And uh, we're going to preach the Word of God, and your, your spirit is going to be uplifted. You're going to walk out of here, I'm convinced, better than the way you walked in. Look across the room real quick. Somebody you haven't met, just make eye contact with them. Look at them and say, What's up? What's, up? "What's up?" All right. Somebody single was looking out there. They were scoping and hoping. They're like, "What's up?" <laughs> yes. Well, I have to be honest with you. As we begin this very hope-filled Easter Sunday, it is Resurrection Sunday. We check the tomb. It is empty. He is alive. There's a smile on my face. There's some pep in my step. There's some sway in my swag. All those. I just made that up. That was horrible. Uh, I didn't say that at first service. There's probably a reason. Um, But as much as I'm excited about this day, I have to be honest. I want to take you back to last Easter. We had just uh, launched our church. We were five months in and we were doing pretty good. We had launched well. We had a great dream team. We were making some great strides in a new city. And you guys heard about this thing called COVID, right? It happened. And I'm going to tell you, it knocked the breath out of me. As a church planner with a brand new church, we were getting ready to build up for Easter, man. We were getting ready to have a dream team volunteer rally. We were preparing for two services. And we were making great strides. We were making some awesome accomplishments. And then all of a sudden, the wind in my sails went flat because COVID said no more church on Easter, not in person at least. And of course, we rallied. We have an amazing audio, video, and lighting team. Can you make some noise for them serving today? I know those of you worshiping online are making some noise in the comments because they made church online possible. It was awesome. They did great, but it was still not church in person. And you guys remember the narrative, right? Two weeks, let's slow the spread. And 15 days turned into four weeks and then four weeks into eight weeks and eight weeks into three months. We did not have church in person as a brand new church. It's kind of important to have church in person because we want to keep the doors open. But I have to tell you, I was deflated, and truthfully, I felt hopeless. But if I'm honest, some of you may or may not know this story. I know our church family is well acquainted with this story, but I was also looking for hope because 2020 didn't just deal the blow of COVID, but we started out a little rocky in our family. Our son was set to be born in March, but came seven weeks early and born at three pounds and then in the NICU for 40 days, they told us he's definitely going to need surgery on his skull. As any parent would, there is optimism that it's going to turn out right, but there's a little glimmer of fear in what if. We often say at Glory Bell, your what if cannot belong to fear, but your what if must be owned by faith. But I, I got to be honest, in a moment of vulnerability here as I opened the sermon, I felt a little hopeless. 2020 started out kind of rocky. I felt like the wind had been knocked out of me. If you've never experienced this terrifying phenomenon, it is a very horrific moment. Because no matter your effort to regain breath in your lungs, you cannot help but gasp for air. If you've ever been playing in sports or maybe you made a, a, a hard fall, you can relate to that terrifying moment, that instance where you, And it can't come quick enough. You feel vulnerable. You feel hopeless. You feel like everything has been knocked out of you. The very life has been taken away. And I open with this because I think my story is not... Unique in terms of we're not the only ones who experienced a moment of hopelessness in 2020. but it's very likely if you're in the room today, you can recount over the last 365 days maybe a time, maybe it was a week, maybe it was a few weeks turned into a few months where you felt hopeless. It's very possible somebody came in today or you worshiping with us online and you are looking for hope because you found out that that loved one that you, care so much for, has passed. It's possible that in the last 12 months, somebody in here received the devastating news that somebody, a childhood classmate, longtime friend, the pressure of this world was too much and they took their own life. You haven't figured yet how to get back on your feet or get the breath in your lungs and you came in here on a Sunday going... I just need a little bit of hope. And I'm here to tell you hope is alive. I'm here to tell you that what looks buried, what looks like it's been covered in the grave is in fact just planted because hope is alive. I, I mentioned a few different scenarios in our first service. I didn't mention this one, but it's very possible that somebody is here today or you're worshiping with us and you've experienced a moment where you felt marginalized you felt taken advantage of you feel like there is no hope it may have been by a spouse it may have been by a coworker it may have even been by a family member and i'm here to tell you there is hope if you are in a bleak situation hope is alive first peter chapter 1 tells us where we get this hope if you have your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 3 says it like this. Give praise to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy. Come on, somebody. Everybody say great mercy. Great mercy. Hey, the, this is the, the technique at Glory Bell. You preach with me, I preach shorter, okay? <laughs> somebody just said, oh yeah, let's go. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth and a living Hope, Come on. A living hope. This hope is living because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Are you guys excited the fact that we celebrate not just the Savior who died for us, but rose again? Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. He has given us a new birth so that we might share in what belongs to him. It is a gift that can never be destroyed. It can never spoil or even fade away. It is kept in heaven for you. We're talking about the hope that comes only through Jesus Christ. There's been great many leaders, historical figures, prophets and religious figureheads throughout all time in all history. But there's nobody like Jesus because Jesus is the only one who died and rose again. Jesus is the only one who experienced the greatest anguish of sorrow, beaten on a cross, suffered and died for sins that he did not commit, but also rose again. We say at Glory Bell, when Christ could not defend us, he died in place of us. If you don't know what is when we sing about the blood of Jesus or this, the power of the cross, maybe you're new to this scenario or you don't understand the depth of the magnitude of those lyrics. The truth is our God is not bloodthirsty, but the enemy is. And it took the blood of Jesus, the perfect blood of Jesus to wash away our sins. Thank God Jesus suffered so that we don't have to, but he didn't just suffer; He lived a resurrected life so that you and I the same spirit that rose from the dead, it lives in us. Hope is alive. If you are here and you're, you feel hopeless about your marriage, I'm encouraging you, hope is alive. Hopelessness says, I don't know how we're going to make it. But hope says, I know that God who never gives up. I know the God who restores and redeems. I know the God who rose from the grave. Again, many of us, we have faced situations where we feel hopeless. And we feel like what what God has given us is now depleted. It's, It's overwhelmed. I can show you in scripture. We could go back to the very first family, Adam and Eve. They had everything perfect and they still failed talk about a feeling of hopelessness. I could show you in scripture about the story uh, of Noah. It says that the evil was so bad that God had to wash the earth away, the the, the sin of the earth away. That's a hopeless situation, but God made a way. He saved a remnant. Uh, I could show you in scripture, you know, the story about Daniel in the lion's den. He did everything right and everything wrong happened to him. You talk about a feeling of hopelessness but yet God spared him from the mouths of hungry lions because our God always makes a way because hope is alive. I could show you in scripture the story of Gideon whose army went from 30,000 plus to 300. You talk about a hopeless situation as a leader, but our God always makes a way. I, I could show you account after account in scripture. Let's fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus was the giver of hope. And the crazy thing is, is Jesus didn't have to go to the plant. He didn't have to go to M&M Mars Candy and manufacture something sweet called hope. No, because he is hope. He doesn't have to manufacture it. He is the source of hope. So you can look at the story of Jesus where he experiences this woman caught in adultery. And you talk about feeling marginalized and taken advantage of. This woman, no doubt, felt that way. Here she must have felt at the feet of Jesus. It's all about the change. The law says I, am stone, I should be stoned to death. But Jesus is the giver of hope. And he made a way when there was no way. Why? Because Jesus said hope is alive for you. If you look at somebody uh, in scripture, you know the one, blind Bartimaeus, blind, suffering, great, unable to see. But our God gives hope because he gave vision. Jesus is unlike anybody else. As long as our hope is tied to him, we know that it cannot be corrupted. It cannot fade away. It is forever. I want to tell you really quickly about a story in my life. I told you about uh, last year and how I experienced the feeling of hopelessness, but if I'm honest, 2020 was really a drop in the bucket because our hardest year and our church family knows the story well, what happened November 14th, 2015. It was the day when my wife should have been celebrating the birth of our child or, 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 or the soon coming birth of our child. She had already lined it up. The girls had already decorated her and her besties. We're going to have an amazing baby shower, but instead We found ourselves in the hospital with not one, not two, but three ultrasounds confirming our worst fears that there was no heartbeat. I want to tell you that I can empathize with you when you feel hopeless. Because hope, that feeling of hopelessness isn't unique to any one person. If you've lived long enough, you've experienced that moment. But can I tell you also You didn't come here for a pastor to empathize with you, but maybe you came here to know from God's word that hope is alive. Hope is alive. I can tell you that hope is alive in my life because we experience the redeeming work of God. We've seen his promises restored to us. We've seen, oh yes, the promise of a child. And that's why our miracle baby, Ryder Gabriel was a fulfillment of promise. It didn't go like we thought. And there were still some moments of hopelessness. But here today, he's taking pictures with a baby lamb out there, 15 months old. He's got a scar on the top of his skull, five inches long, where they removed two inches of, of, of his skull. But guess what? Hope is alive. Hopelessness says... How is my marriage going to make it? Hopelessness says God's given up on me, but our God says, no, hope is alive. And what you thought was buried was, in fact, just planted. I got a little visual to help you understand the power of hope. You guys know what this is. It's a little balloon, but you may not know what this is. Let me bring it out. We custom ordered this pink and blue for Easter. I kid, I kid. Check this out. It's magic. Man, have y'all ever seen one of those? Game changer. If you need balloon garland for all of you ladies out there. This balloon is filled with air, but for purposes of today, it's filled with hope. But as life has it, there are circumstances around every single one of us that try to squeeze the hope out, right? And for me, it was, I told you my story. It was the idea we're trying to plant a church and all of a sudden the doors are closed. Not only that, but the devastating news about my son needing surgery. And oh, by the way, how are we going to pay for this? We're church planners. We're not on some corporate insurance plan. And I, all of that, you know, one week turns into two weeks and four weeks and eight weeks. And there's all the expense of buying production equipment to go to church online. And I'm going to tell you, my hope is like shrinking. Can anybody relate with me? You know what I'm talking about? But I, I remember during the worst of the moments in 2020, I found out that as long as I'm connected to the source, as long as I go back to Jesus, hope is alive. Yeah. Y'all, that's a powerful balloon filler right there. <laughs> Change your life. But as long as I go back to Jesus, hope can be restored. The problem is, is you and I, we fall guilty of looking or finding hope in things that are circumstantial. But our God is not circumstantial. Hope in Christ cannot fade away. Hope in in Christ cannot be stolen. I love what that said in First Peter. No, because our hope isn't like the world hopes. This week, I I called a friend of mine that I met since I moved to Waco. They've had quite a journey over the last several months, and. He documented the story of his father and his fight with COVID, and then I, I, I before I saw his post, I just felt in my spirit, man, just to encourage him and to remind him, like we don't grieve as the world grieves, because our hope is not temperamental, our hope is not circumstantial, but our hope is that Christ is our Savior. He died and rose again. He is here today, and hope is alive. The problem is so many of us, y'all, this balloon is amazing. I didn't even tie it. Look at that. Check that out. But what happens in life is Israel begins to play keys. Y'all are ready for this pop on the, note, on the mic? Is we come in to church, we go through life and Not only has a breath been knocked out of us, there's no wind in our sails, but there's, we're so broken we can't even hold hope. Check this out. I can go back to the source. Come on, fill up with some hope. Fill up with some hope. but because of Christ, he makes all things new. (laughs) He said, your righteousness is as filthy rags. I don't need that. You put on my righteousness. I'll fill you up with hope that you've never experienced because I'm here to tell you, church, that hope is alive. And if you're broken, he'll make you new. If you're lost, he'll help you be found. Come on. I need somebody to preach with me on a second Sunday Easter. I'm going to read to you a scripture, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter five says this in verse one. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us to this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently, joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. I've mentioned it a few times already in the sermon, but we have been calling, based on our circumstances, we have been calling what is really just planted. We've been thinking that it's been buried. Some of you, if you look back over the last few months or weeks, you've been looking at relationships, you've been looking at your marriage, you've been looking at the sin and struggle in your own life, and you felt hopeless but i'm here to tell you that what was you thought was buried was really just planted and it's about to bring forth a new life it's about to bring forth a new life would you stand to your feet all across the room we celebrate the resurrection of our lord and savior every easter it's springtime man we've been blessed with beautiful spring easter weather right it's so nice outside And it's great to have commemorative days where we celebrate stuff like this, but you and I cannot fall victim or guilty of identifying resurrection as an event because resurrection is not a date. It's not something that just happened 2,000 years ago, but it is a person and his name is Jesus. I set up the sermon today by empathizing with you, letting you know that it's okay if you felt hopeless because hope is alive. Why is hope alive? Because Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave. I reminded you with the illustration with the balloon, like you don't have to be new. If you are deflated, if, if, you, if you can't even hold hope, God will give you a new container. He'll make all things new. And yet you're still, as we close this Easter Sunday, you still may be saying, how does this relate to me? I will remind you that in scripture, the very people that walk with Jesus, that experience the miracles, that experience the hope giver, they found themselves in a very hopeless predicament their savior, their Messiah, their rabbi, the teacher, the one that they had given their life for and followed after is now on the cross. His life and breath is being taken from him. He's put in a tomb. Darkness ensues, and it looks like hope is buried. It looks like hope is buried. But how many of you know it's what happens in the dark? that reveals the greatness of the light. Because what happened in those days in the tomb, in the dark hours, those moments of hopelessness, Jesus Christ went down to death, stole the keys and came back, resurrected with all authority over death, hell and the grave. Pastor Chuck, how can you say hope is alive? You don't know my situation. You don't know my pain. You're right, I don't but I do know the one who suffered as you and I suffered. I do know the one who conquered it all, and his name is Jesus, and he's a liar. We're going to take communion together. On your way in, you receive the communion sacraments. It's the juice cup with a wafer on top. Why do we take communion? We take communion because Jesus, as he gathers those disciples, those that he loved the most, he gave them this promise and he gave them this instruction. He lays out before them the power of communion. Lays out the power of the new covenant. It says this in the rest of Romans chapter five, which we read to you earlier. Verse six says, when we were utterly helpless Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we're still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still enemies. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Paul's writing and he's saying, in essence, we have hope because while we were sinners, Christ died and we were made right with God. There's a there's a scriptural phrase. There's this there's a phrase in the in the body of Christ called atonement. Some of you, you've heard this before. For others of you, it would be as mind-blowing as it was for me all those years ago. What does atonement mean? It's where the blood of Jesus makes us at one mint with God. It's the blood of Jesus that makes us at one with God. It washes all of our sin, the black of our sin, washed with the red of his blood that makes us white as snow. What a powerful truth. Communion is a reminder that it's not your goodness that saves you and it's not your badness that sends you to hell, but it is by the blood of Jesus Christ that we are made right. You've ever heard of this phrase called justified? Just if I had never done it. That's how good the grace of God is. Just if I had never sinned. Why would God send his one and only son to die for you and me? Because God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He moved heaven to earth for you. I have here, before you take communion, one last illustration. I have in my hand a $100 bill. Benjamin Franklin, y'all. Got this Benjamin. It's pretty fresh and crisp. This is not a trick question, but I want to ask you, how much is this dollar worth? $100. How much is this bill worth? It's worth $100. If I fold it up, how much is this bill worth? $100. $100. I'll unfold it, but it's still worth $100, right? If I crumple it up, though, surely the value changed. How much is it worth now? It's still worth $100. But I tell you what, what if I throw it on the ground and I trample on it? How much is it worth now? $100. Are you serious? Let me see. Yeah. Still worth $100. But surely if I take it here and I drop it and abandon it and leave it, surely the value changes, right? No. No. It's still worth a $100. Some of you have been valuing your life based on your circumstance. You have felt like God or somebody has crumpled you up. You felt abandoned and left alone. You may have even felt like trampled on. And God says, I still see the value because it's not your circumstance that determines your value. It's the creator you your worth my one and only son, because I love you so much. Can I tell somebody hope is alive? Hope is alive, church. I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I prayed and asked the Lord to show me who needs this and needs to be reminded that they have value. And, uh, I don't know your your name. Not you. I'm sorry. Not you, but you right there. Yes, you. I saw you in worship today. Would you mind? Are you comfortable coming over here? I'll keep my distance. (laughs) My name's Chuck. What's your name? Cheryl. Cheryl. God sent you here today so that I could give you some hope and know that God loves you yes. with a never-ending, always-and-forever kind of love. This $100, it'll get you, well, it'll get you one one shoe and a pair of shoes, but <laughs> I don't want you to just leave with $100. I want you to leave with hope, Cheryl because God is for you and he's not against you and he is still the hope giver. Would you stretch your hands towards Cheryl? We, this is not scripted. I, I've never met Cheryl, but Lord, I thank you for Cheryl. I thank you, Lord, for the vulnerability of her coming into worship. Lord, I don't know her story, but you do. And I just pray that you would bless her today, that she would walk away filled with renewed hope. Lord, if her vessel that she came in is broken and cannot hold any hope, Lord, make all things new. Lord, fill her with a hope that cannot be stolen. Fill her with a hope that cannot be broken. Lord, I thank you for an incorruptible, new feeling, fresh full all the way to the top with hope that is alive in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you. Come on, put your hands together. Let's thank God for what he did in Cheryl's life. As you're holding the communion elements today, I want to remind you that Jesus died for you because you have value. And there's nothing that you can do or that you can't do that's gonna change the love of God. So, together, as we take the communion elements, you can pull back that first layer and the wafer is there. Wafer representing the body of Jesus. Isaiah 53 reminds us that the punishment for our peace was upon him. He was bruised for our iniquities, he was whipped and suffered so that you and I could live in wholeness and health. I believe that. Together, will you break the wafer and take of it? next part of the communion is Jesus took the wine and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. Together we will take of this juice representing the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you as long as you're anchored to Christ there will always be hope. There are those of you who you're like me. COVID impacted you greatly. It impacted you though for different reasons. Some of you, if you're watching online or you're in the room today, you begin to live in fear. And your hope went from I know the healer to, hey man, I, man, I'm hoping they come up with a treatment. I'm hoping that they come up with a vaccine. I'm hoping that that the, 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 the curve goes down. I just want to warn any of you, if your hope is in anything other than Jesus, you're going to end up deflated. It's going to let you down. But Christ is resilient and he never fails. I want to pray for you as we close. We're going to worship together with one final song. As you bow your heads with me all across the room, this prayer is what we call a fresh start prayer. Fresh start is an opportunity for somebody to give their life to Jesus. Romans is very clear. The book of Romans and scripture, very clear that if we confess our need for Jesus, confess that he is Lord, if we come to a place of repentance, we we'll have salvation in our life. If you have never done that, the only way I can stand up here and talk about overcoming a sense of hopelessness, overcoming this sin in my own life is because I put my faith in Jesus. You need to do the same. If you will, pray this with me or pray in your own words. Come on, church family. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son. Thank you for hope and salvation. Lord, I repent of my sins. And I confess my need for you. Jesus, come and make me clean. Wash over me with the blood of Jesus. Make me white as snow. I give my heart to you. Make it new. Make it fresh. In Christ's name I pray. And everybody said amen. Come on. Thanks for joining us today. For more messages like this, visit glorybell.com.